Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Very quickly, want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, DraftKings. If you're going to sign up today and play some daily fantasy sports, I recommend to use promo code THPN. It'll help you out along the way. Of course, the NHL in full swing, the NBA. On the weekends, you got some NFL, there's UFC, golf, all sorts of things at DraftKings. Sign up today and make sure to use promo code THPN when you do. So we've got a great show coming up for you today. We're going to talk to former member of the Edmonton Oilers, now a part of the media side. He's one half of the Jason Greger Show on TSN 1260. His name is Jason Strudwick. He's going to drop by to talk about the Edmonton Oilers play as of late. Of course, a couple guys just breaking into the NHL right now for the team. Stuart Skinner, you got Philip Broberg, who was called up because of the injuries to Darnell Nurse and Slater Cuckoo. So we'll talk to Strutty about the team's play as of late, and what's it like making that leap from the AHL to the NHL, especially for a defenseman? Of course, Strutty did it many moons ago. Philip Broberg had his first go of it on the weekend when the Oilers defeated the Chicago Blackhawks 5-2. to He played about 14 minutes, had an assist in that one. And, and the whole time, I always thought that, hey, as long as he's not making big mistakes and you don't hear his name too often, that's a good sign. That's okay for a guy just starting out his NHL career. Obviously, down the road, you'd like to see him shine a little bit on the offensive side. But defensively, as long as you're not making any mistakes, you're doing an okay job. And I, I thought Philip Roberg was okay. We'll get Strutty's thoughts on that one. That game on a Saturday night, though, the Edmonton Oilers doing something that they don't usually do. Getting a hot start. They score four goals in the first period. Connor McDavid, Tyson Berry, Kyler Yamamoto, and Ryan McLeod. Nice to see some balanced scoring there. They, of course, getting a shorty from Kyler Yamamoto. Another shorty later on in the game from Leon Dreisaitl. So that's good to see the Oilers special teams getting some offense out of it, especially shorthanded. They did get a power play goal as well. Tyson Berry's third of the year was on the power play, but uh, good signs for the Edmonton Oilers. Stuart Skinner getting the start once again on Saturday. He would make 29 saves on 31 shots faced. Uh, both of the goals, I'm not going to blame him. Uh, Alex DeBrinkin involved in both of those goals, scoring both. That guy's a talent. He's going to put the puck in the back there every once in a while, but when you get five goals scored for you, that goes a long way. And uh, to be honest, in first two losses for Stuart Skinner against uh, Detroit and Buffalo, he wasn't really getting the goal output for him. So, you know what? I-, I think it's good to see the Oilers put some pucks in the back of the net. Of course, he duels Connor Hellebuck on Thursday to get the big shootout win. And now he bounces back with a strong performance on uh, last Saturday night when they defeat the Chicago Blackhawks. Now the attention goes to the Dallas Stars. Back-to-back, Stars and Coyotes, and then a few nights off, and then you go out to Vegas. So it's going to be a fun week for the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, we'll follow along and see what happens with that one. But right now, we bring in former NHLer. Right now, one half of the Jason Greger Show on TSN 1260. You can hear him 2-6, to six, Monday through Friday. Former NHLer, a friend of mine, Jason Strudwick, joins us. Struddy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you making out? Well, I'm doing good, and I, I know you're racing home right now. you got the Giants taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so I won't take up too much of your time. But uh, for those just listening on Tuesday or Wednesday, we're taping this Monday night. You can look pretty smart right now, Strutty. Do you have a prediction? Are the, are the Giants going to take down the Bucks tonight? No, no, they are not. No? Okay. And uh, they need to. <laughs> I'm worried about, I mean, not to get too into it, but I think that they've got to start winning some games. You know, they've got to try to... Put some of this together. They are again their their big left tackle back. Andrew Thomas comes back tonight. Saquon Barkley's back in there, but I don't know. I just I think the Bucks want to kind of get on track, and right now they're the more talented team. Now, one last question regarding the New York Giants, because sometimes on this podcast we talk daily fantasy sports. Uh, you know, it, it it comes up every once in a while. Is Daniel Jones the guy in New York? 
I don't think he's the problem. No, I think there's other issues they need to address. Um, I, I like him, and I've got a soft spot for him. Um, but you know, they got to they got to get this offensive line sorted out. Uh, they've got that's a, that's a huge thing. Got to get organized um, and, and have some stability there. You look at all the good teams. Most of them, and with good quarterbacks, their offensive line protects their quarterback. You have a good point there. Okay, Australia, we'll get to the Oilers now, and uh, just lots of stuff to talk about. Obviously, they hit the road for a three-game road trip. They've got the Stars, Coyotes, and Vegas Golden Knights, a couple winnable games there. But I, I, I want to ask you first about Philip Broberg uh, getting into the NHL, a guy who was a first-round pick, a lot of talent, and uh, just gradually working his way up. Got over into the North American game, playing with the Bakersfield Condors, was logging a lot of minutes, getting out there in all sorts of different situations. You you made the jump from the AHL to the NHL. Maybe you didn't have quite the spotlight that he had. I know you're a, a top what top three round pick. A current day NHL, you would have been a second round pick. So you were still highly touted. But what's the biggest jump when you go from the American League to the NHL? Oh no, I was not highly touted at all. I think they they just have, we had to take someone. Let's take this guy in the draft. Um, but uh, no, like for for Phil Broberg, I love the way that the Oilers have slow played him, and they've they've kind of allowed him to grow a little bit away from the bright lights of um, you know the NHL fans and NHL media and all that stuff. And I, I do think that for him to be up here now, um, it's a good experiment. I do think that when Nurse comes back, I would send him back to the minors to allow him to continue to grow. He's not the piece that gets you over right now. You hope that that happens in time, but he's got to continue to play. As far as the biggest transition from the minors to the NHL, it's that everyone does their job really, really well. In the minors, you have you know players who are trying to find their game. You have players who have been there for a long time who won't be NHLers. And there's some more helter-skelter. But here you have people who do their jobs really well. Whatever that job is, they're the best at doing their job in these situations. So you have to do your job. So for Broberg, that's moving or defending, moving the puck, getting up in the play, skating. Like those are the things he does well. And he has to showcase that he can do that. He doesn't have to be like Darnell Nurse. He doesn't have to be like Bouchard. He has to be the best at what he does. Um, and because everyone else does their job. When you get the puck, 99% of the time you expect the other person to be in the right place. So you have to deliver that puck to him. Or if someone else has a puck, you have to get in the right place so they can deliver the puck to you. Now, you watched his game on Saturday night uh, playing just over 14 minutes, uh, obviously not getting any special teams. I don't think they want to overwhelm him, obviously with the lack of, of practice and everything like that. But going forward now, uh, do you think, you know, with getting a few practices under his belt, do you think you utilize him in more situations or do you still hold back and say, hey, he's still a kid going into his second, third, fourth game? Well, I don't see him getting any power play time. I mean, he's got to be, you know, he's behind Bouchard or behind Barry, then I'm guessing behind Bouchard. I mean, you know, five years from now, who's running their power play? I think it's going to be Bouchard and not, and not Goldberg. So you're going to get him on. So no power play time. Penalty kill, maybe. You know, if something happens to Russell, um, I think he still goes out there as number one. Lefty option, then I think Russell's the next guy. Maybe if you get up or get down in the game, you give Roberg a, get his beak wet a little bit, or there's a penalty, you put him in there. But you don't need to force feed anything to him right now. If you can get him 14 to 15 minutes of five on five ice time, uh, I think that's huge. To be fair, you know, it, it was a bit of a, not a blowout, but early on the Oilers were all over the Hawks with goals, so they're able to get him more ice time. So I think it's important for the Oilers to, to try to find him extra time, but not force it. You know, make him feel good about his game. And like I said, I think he, he plays, I don't know, Nurse misses, let's call it seven games, eight games, whatever it is. He plays them all. And maybe he, play, he averages 13, 14, 15 minutes in those times. 
then he goes back down and you say, hey, you did a lot of good things. Can you please work on this or need to address that? So the next time he comes up, he's that much better for the experience. Now, do you think the conversation would have been had with Broberg when he came up here that, hey, this is temporary, you are going to go back to Bakersfield, or do you think they could have left that open, like, let's see how you play? No, you never, you never say that, because then it's just it's disappointing, right? Like, it's <laughs> like, that's like finding a new girlfriend or boyfriend and say, hey, like, it's so, I'm so excited you're here, but we're only going to be together for four weeks. Like, it, it's not really, uh, I know you're not really pumping everybody up. So what they say is they, they, they welcome everyone. They say, hey, great to see you. Congrats, you're going to play your first game. And the players will be saying, just play your game. Same as the coaches, just play your game. Do whatever you do, do it really well, just play your game. Now, Stretty, going from game one to two to three, I know it was a while ago for you, but what changes? I mean, that first game, you're, you're out there, you do the lap by yourself. I'm sure you're just buzzing, adrenaline's going crazy. I mean, does that does that feeling last for a little while, or do you think there's going to get to a point where he'll settle down and, uh, you know, w- will he still be with the Oilers? Is, does it take more than five or six games? You know, your first game, you don't know what to expect. You've never played against an arena full of NHL players. Never. It's never happened. Until you actually play an NHL game. You don't see an exhibition game. You don't see it in the summer. You don't definitely don't see it in junior. So, you know, or, or in his case, the Swedish hockey league. But you, you now get in that first game and you're so excited and you're literally buzzing. Like it just flies by. Um, and then as the game goes on, it's, it slows down a little bit as far as you know what to expect. You understand the routine, the cadence of a game day, uh, the traveling, all that stuff. Like the traveling's all different. You know, he's going to see three different cities he's probably never seen in the next five days. So, you know, he's probably never been to Dallas, never been to Arizona, never been to Vegas. Now he's going to see them all. So it's very exciting. So, you know, all those are new experiences, but you've got to try to just keep the same pattern, how I eat, where I, like how I sleep, when I sleep, um, all that kind of stuff. So it can be just smooth and just, your hockey's a priority. Um, and then, they, then what happens is guys kind of get comfortable, and sometimes they can slip. Their game can slip because they get too comfortable. Oftentimes, that's when you see maybe a guy sit out a game or maybe go back to the minors. But that's all part of the learning process. Now, it doesn't happen for every player, but it does happen quite often, I find, around the 8 to 12 mark of, of a player's career. Stratty, I've had a few NHLers on this show, well, usually former Oilers, and I like to ask them about their kind of welcome to the NHL moment. And a lot of guys will say it, it happened in training camp or, you know, my first preseason game. Did you have a welcome to the NHL moment in the regular season where it was ratcheted up? Um, oh, man, I had a lot of them early <laughs> on. Um, you know, I, I just think the first time you see how big and how fast the guys are, you know, it, it, I remember when I played against Maryland U uh, the first time. It's probably like, I don't know, 15, 20 games maybe to my career. And, you know, just seeing him in warm-up. Like, I had collected this guy's rookie card. I, you know, I read books about him. Like, I, I loved it, Mario. And also, I'm taking warm-up with it or against him. And uh, I just remember thinking, my God, I can't believe I'm actually out here. And that's, that's kind of a dangerous space to be in, right? Because you have to be feeling like you're his peer, rather than someone who, you know, wants to ask for an autograph at a face-off. And, you know, you kind of, it takes a while to get over that. Um, and, and if you want to compete with them, like you want to go there, you know, finish your check and be competitive against him. So I think that was a huge moment for me. I remember seeing him. I was like, I can't believe I'm on the ice with Mario Lemieux. I remember my buddies would call me. We were all just going crazy about it. <laughs> I had a buddy who played, uh, I think he had a preseason game, and there was a picture taken of, uh, of Genny Malkin. 
and he was in the background on the bench. And that was his profile picture on Facebook, I think, for like three years, just like in the background, <laughs> playing on the same ice surface as Evgeny Malkin, just because it was so cool. Uh, one thing you and Jason Greger talked about on a Monday on the Jason Greger show was just with Philip Roberg. And after this question, we'll move on uh, and talk about some other things. But you, you talked about how off the ice, he doesn't look like he's a small guy, right? 6'3", 200 pounds, on the ice, he, he doesn't look like he's a bigger player out there. And you said he's got to look bigger, maybe throw on some bigger shoulder pads or something like that. How much of an impact does that make on the ice? Like when the game's happening, you just see a guy and, okay, man, he looks big. I might want to stay away. Like how real is that? Well, I, I think there's a, there's something to it. And, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, not even a thing about I want to stay away from him, but he just looks more imposing. You know, like I think Connor wears pretty big shoulder pads for you know the size that he is underneath there. Um, I, I know Darnell Nurse does for sure. Like he doesn't have a huge set of broad shoulders, but he he looks big and imposing on the ice. And you want to look, especially as a team man, like you're taking up a lot of space, and it might be difficult to get around you. You know, if it's a one on one or whatever the case may be, or even shoot it around you, right? So, you know, my my advice to him would be to find you know. Uh, a little bit bigger set of shoulder pads. Can you maybe find a, a bigger set of pants? You know, maybe a, you know an extra pair of socks on his knee pads, just to look a little bit more imposing. And, and it's not about running around and you want to beat people up. It's just when you step on the ice, you look big, you look imposing, you look like you take on space. This isn't going to limit his ability to move, you know, slow him down or anything like that. But it does have an impact just subconsciously on other players that you play against. So you don't like the, the Euro fit, the slim? Well, he's definitely got the Euro cut. He's definitely <laughs> got the Euro cut uh, all over the place for, for many different reasons. But no, I, I just think there's a better way to go about it. Um, and I think he can find that uh, without a lot of adjustments. It, it could be as simple as just adding like a, a couple extra pair of, or uh, a couple extra pads on the shoulder pads or uh, like a couple extra, you know, little puffy whatever yeah. um, pads or even in the pads supposed to put an extra whatever on them and it's not going to add a lot of weight but I would talk to the team the tra- I mean at first it had to come from an older player say buddy right now you look like a skinny rail and then go talk to Trey and say what can we do to bulk him up a little bit Stratty, uh, just sticking with the defense here uh, obviously Evan Bouchard Duncan Keith with a pairing Cody Cece with Broberg Chris Russell and Tyson Berry uh, maybe not what we would have thought but uh, I mean, I talked to Hernan on the podcast on Friday, and I, I really didn't know what to expect when it came to the pairings that we'd see on Saturday night. What did you make of each pairing? Uh, well, I, I think they're going to be fluid, you know, I think depending maybe on who you're playing. But it's not what I would have kept some stability with uh, Keith and uh, Cece together. Now, when you're at home, it's maybe a little bit different, uh, and, you're, and you can, you know, kind of assign players different spots. But it's, it's somewhat difficult to kind of... Um, you know, match lines or to get people, certain people to avoid different players uh, on the road. Now, defense is a little bit different. Um, you know, especially this group, they're all quite mobile. Uh, they're all quite mobile. So I think that maybe as they move along, they, you know, they, they might stick with them. But with the ability to change it up in game, if, if there's some trouble in one area, or maybe depending if it's a tight game or if it's a more wide open game, because um, I think one they have to watch is that Duncan Keys is going to play additional minutes. And yes, he's in very good shape, but you don't want to burn him out either. So if, a game, if the orders get up in one game quite high, I'm rolling out Broberg every other shift. 
I don't care if it's power play, penalty kill. Uh, maybe power play I do. But uh, penalty kill and 5 on 5, I roll them out there every chance I get just to take a little bit of that heat off of Duncan Keys and make sure I save them for when I really need them in, in, in a tighter game or a starter game. Uh, Struddy, another guy I know that you're familiar with in Edmonton, Kid Stewart Skinner, made his uh, fifth start over the weekend, and uh, or his fifth appearance, sorry, not his fifth start. And, uh, you know, a third round pick back in 2017, a lot of. Hockey fans in Edmonton are familiar. Like I said, he's from the area, played with the Lethbridge Hurricanes, and was an Oil King killer at his time. What have you thought of his progress, his progression so far early in the season? I love it. I love it. I, I love, I should say, for Skinner and McLeod and Roberg, these guys are getting a chance to learn what the NHL game is all about. You know, you, you, you need, these are steps you take as you develop. Is You know, you get drafted, you go to the minors, play there, come up, play in the NHL, then maybe go back down because you're not quite ready. That's not a bad thing. You've got to learn the difference. So for Skinner, getting these starts, and you know, it, it sounds like he might play uh, the first game of the road trip. That's huge for him. I mean, to start, well, that'd be his third start in a row. I, I might have flipped him and played in Arizona, but whatever. That's who he's playing. You get to, you, you get him out there. Um, what's it like to travel on the road? Just like with Bober, what's it like to start the road? Maybe I'm getting, getting less rest now. What does that all feel like? He needs to go through those progressions. You don't just become all of a sudden, oh, I'm an NHL starter goalie. It's a, it's, a, it's a slow and long progression, especially when you feel like you're the player, but it's an important one to get these types of plays. So, you know, Mike Smith, there's a lot of road left in this season, lots of road left on the season. They'll get him back. He'll get his game up and running where he wants to be and be healthy. Um, but for Stuart Skinner, this is invaluable experience he's gathering, and the owners are grabbing really important intel on him for what will be a decision after this season, I'm guessing. When you look at Stuart Skinner and just having a guy like Mike Smith around him, someone who's been in the game for so long, uh, had success in the playoffs, he's been on an Olympic team, Like, what are the little things that a guy like Stuart Skinner can pick up from Mike Smith? And I mean, you just talked about just kind of the day-to-day things. Well, that's it. I mean, he's going to watch. You know, the only coach is going to watch him and kind of work on how he plays uh, or adjust adjustments or pop him up, whatever he needs to be. But Mike Smith can take him through um, maybe different sidelines and different buildings. Uh, different balances that they have. Maybe some some things he knows about different players that come in on them, like uh, like Jamie Benn, this is the way he likes to shoot, or Sagan, or whomever. Uh, you can go through those different discussion points with these guys and say, okay, this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like um, to play against these guys. So, you know, you, you can't get that without having played for a long time. Um, and I think that that's something that, that, you know, me go up to a point, but for sure Mike Smith uh, can have those conversations with him. The NHL season is underway in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season along with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Jason Strudwick joining me here on the other Connor podcast. Of course, he's one half of the Jason Greger show on TSN 1260, former NHLer. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jason underscore Strudwick. Now, Strudy, this road trip for the Edmonton Oilers, obviously the game in Dallas, uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably play them tough. You got the Coyotes, you got the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, when it comes to these three games, is there anything you want to see from this Oilers team? I know a lot of people wanted to see them get off to better starts and, and not allow that first goal. They score four goals on Saturday night. What do you need to see from this team going into this road trip? Well, I just want to—I want to see them win games without their power play, right? And, and I know that sounds crazy because it's such an important part of the game. But this is a continuing theme you'll hear from me. You know, is that the winners have to learn, and or so not learn, they have to be very comfortable winning games when there's no specialty teams because that's a different way to win. There are some nights the specialty teams is going to take over, and, and it has already. With one of their first and second, I think, in, in the two respective columns. But, you know, can they win games just playing five-on-five hockey? And how do, they, how do they evolve and how do they learn to do it? So I would love to see in this road trip, I'd love to see two wins that are 2-1 wins. And tight. We saw that against Winnipeg the other night. I'd love to see that again against, um, you know, Arizona maybe doesn't count because they're not, you know, not the best team. But the other two teams... You know, especially Vegas, you want to learn how to win those games and feel comfortable. And I think that's something that I'm sure Dave Tippett is hammering way home in that, into this player's ears. Strutty, one of the guys that was uh, talked about a lot in the offseason coming from the Toronto Maple Leafs was Zach Hyman and his ability to play with skill. And uh, he did so very well in Toronto, and, and it looks like he's fit right in with this group in Edmonton. Has he lived up to or exceeded your expectations for what he can do with his team? right there and I think that he brings that, that forechecking and hunger for the puck strength on the puck that the Oilers need and that will be shown in the playoffs right like he's doing it now but when it gets, it gets harder and tighter in the playoffs he'll be there Cole Yarby is learning from him uh, Fogel Cassian these types of guys and, and Yamamoto will do his part like those guys they need to be a big part of a, of a, of a forecheck that gets in there and gets that puck and hangs on to it so for me, he's, he's exactly what they need. He's lived up to it. Um, great signing by Ken Holland. He did have a play kind, kind of on the edge. It, it almost looked like a little bit of a butt end to Patty Kane. Like I, I, We haven't heard anything about a suspension or a fine, so, so maybe nothing's going to happen. But do you like that he plays on that edge and is capable of doing something like that? Yeah, you're not trying to make friends out there. You know, This isn't a meet and greet at a coffee shop trying to find you just move to the city. You, you know, you're trying to get your space. And you know, it's a little bit of a mind game, and, and you're, you know, it's fighting the other game. But it doesn't mean you can't own your own ice. And you want to let guys know that it's uncomfortable. Patty Kane is one of the most talented players with the puck on his stick in the league. So when you make it hard for him and you give him a little whack or a little, uh, you know, quote unquote, butt end love, it definitely kind of sets you up for, for, for making him feel uncomfortable in the game. Teams do it to winners all the time. Why can't they do it to you know other teams' top players to kind of let them know that they're in one? Uh, one of his linemates, Jesse Pugliarvi, in the last five games, he only has one assist. I could stretch that to six games, still only one assist. A guy like that, I mean, you know what he can do. He he looks right now like he might be kind of a streaky player in the NHL, but what does he have to do to get going again offensively? Well, it's tough. You know, you're playing with such a talented player, and you, you know you've got to produce. Um I think going back and watching video of what you've accomplished before is really important and how you've done it. Um, 
you know, they got to figure out how what that looks like when, when you're doing things like it. Am I still going to that as hard? Uh, am I getting to those spots that I need for, for Connor to find me? Or am I going to get the puck to get it to Connor enough? So those are all things that kind of fit together. And so, you know, he, he, he's still skating. Is he forechecking his heart? But you're not having to finish. Is he getting the chances? So I, I would expect that over the next few games he'll find the back of the net again. Um, but confidence is very fickle in a young, developing player. And, you know, even for Connor McDavid, you want to make sure that you're feeding and, and, and telling Yessa that it's close and just to keep working and giving him tips on what he can do to get to that point again. Uh, Stratty, the, the special teams unit has been, I mean, we've talked a lot about it for the power play. of Outstanding click. Everyone knows if you take penalties against the Oilers, it's going to come back to bite you. But on Saturday night, two shorties. What did you see from the uh, the penalty kill unit from the Oilers? I mean, Saturday night, but in the last few weeks here. Well, I mean, they're doing a great job. And I, you know, before the season, I was I was concerned about what that power play or penalty kill might look like with so many changes in the offseason. Uh, but now, you know, you also have Darnell Nurse out, who's a huge part of that penalty kill. Give a lot of credit to the coaching staff. And I don't think we're quick enough to – we're very quick to criticize the coaches when things are going well. You also do the same when it's going well. So give that, that penalty killing coaching staff uh, the credit they deserve. Um, and give the players credit that it's, it, they follow the system to the T. Um, you know, they're, they're much better getting in the shooting lanes than they were a few years ago. Um, you know, quick to puck, they're trying to deny those cross-site passes that so many people look for. Think of, uh, you know, Leon passing to Connor. So I think that's something they get, they, they, that they should be proud of. But, you know, it, it's, it's nice because those two things, when special teams are going well, they're going to win you a lot of games because it takes a lot of pressure off being great. If, you, if you're losing a special teams battle every night, you've got to find one more goal, five on five, just to get back to even. So I think it's a real positive down for the owners, but it doesn't stop me from saying what I said earlier. They've got to learn how to win and be comfortable in winning games where their specialty teams don't have the impact they do some nights for the team. Uh, Stratty, just a couple more questions for you. Really appreciate you doing this. Uh, like we talked about earlier on, the Oilers have the Stars, they've got the Coyotes, and then the Vegas Golden Knights. When you look at this Coyotes team, and you know I, I've thrown it out there, they, they kind of remind me of like the Ottawa Senators last year. That's a team... You got to go out there and just beat on them. Like it, it's almost a statement game where Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle will put up a couple points, and then maybe in the third period you can ease back and uh, maybe limit their minutes and, and roll the other lines. But this is just a team you can't lose to this year. You can't lose. You know this road trip. You know if you want to go two and three, you got to win one of those games for sure. One of those games has to be a win. Or sorry, Arizona Coyotes, you have to beat that team. Yeah. Then the other one, you get a split, and that's a two for three road trip. Great road trip. Everyone's coming home. So for them, you just, I've been on bad teams. Don't give us a reason to play, right? Come out, push them out of the game. Don't play it down their level. Push them out of the game. And then now you can come flying back and feel good about yourself as you push back on that team. So I think that's a huge part. Don't give them a reason to think they're in this thing. And I think that's a night where you can go say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to skate. We're going to make them take penalties on us and blow them away with our power, power play. Now, Stretty, the, the team would have a couple days off following that game. Um, I think it's only an hour flight from Phoenix to the Las Vegas airport. Would you give the boys the, the day off in Arizona to maybe play some golf or even go to Vegas a day early and let them, them just have a day, like something kind of team building? Or does that not happen right now? I mean, the team's played really well. I think they've earned it. Um, you know, the players are smart enough to know they have to manage their energy. So, you know, depends what the, you think your evenings look like. 
But I do think, yes, I think that'd be fine to have that time off. I mean, it'll be a day off. They have to have one day off a week, so I'm guessing it'll be on that uh, Thursday. Um, but the guy's got to be smart. You know, that, that game on in Vegas is an early start. So that, that means a shorter nap. Yeah. Um, so they, 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 they get it. Like, these guys, they get it, right? They're understanding. However, they are young guys, and they've earned it. The coach, they, they have earned the right to have days off like that by the way they've started this season. Now, my final question for you, Stretty. Uh, a lot of people know you for the shift that you had against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I believe three minutes, 45 seconds on Saturday night. Former Oiler Caleb Jones played 450. Um that's 30 seconds longer than he had played in the entire first period, uh, just for a little bit of a comparison. Were you upset to see your record broken, and uh, how how do you think Caleb was feeling after that shift? Well, like Gretzky said, records are made to be broken, so um, I think that is, it's, it's fine. But I do think that it's, it's you know, you, you go through the whole range of emotion, and you just kind of get nervous, but you're so happy you didn't get scored on. But it is a little bit embarrassing because you couldn't get off the ice for five minutes, right? Um, and so does that reflect on you as a player, on your line mate, on your team, like all that stuff. So it is, it is a little bit embarrassing. Um, but I, I think that, you know, as long as – I'd rather go for five minutes and not get scored on than be on the ice for ten seconds and get scored on. Very well said. Stratty, thanks a lot for doing this today. Enjoy Monday Night Football. I, I hope it goes well. Oh, it's good. We'll talk to you later. There you go. That is a former NHLer, Jason Strudwick. 186 games played for the Edmonton Oilers over three seasons, 674 games played in the NHL over 14 seasons, and uh, I guess a guy who has the second longest shift, of course, uh, Caleb Jones surpassing his mark on Saturday night. Uh, appreciate Strutty coming on to talk about that. And, of course, all things Edmonton Oilers. You can catch him on the Jason Greger Show Monday through Friday on TSN 1260 between 2 and 6 o'clock. That's going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, make sure to sign up today with DraftKings. Use promo code THPN. You can have a lot of fun with their daily fantasy sports. For the Edmonton Oilers, they now turn their attention to the Dallas Stars on Tuesday evening. It's a 6.30 puck drop, so if you're looking for some pregame coverage, make sure to tune into TSN 1260 starting at 5.30. You'll get Gazola, Cassie, and myself. Jason Greger will be by. And then on a Wednesday, the Oilers taking on the Coyotes. It's an 8 o'clock start down in the desert. That means a two-hour pregame show for Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassian, and myself. That's a game that I think the Edmonton Oilers should go into and win big time. If you ask me, they are the uh, 2021 edition of the Ottawa Senators. That's the team that every time you play them, you should win, and your superstar should play a lot put up some points, and then hopefully by the third period you can sit those guys back on the bench and uh, roll the other lines. But uh, should be a lot of fun. Of course, after that, the Edmonton Oilers off until Saturday when they take on the Vegas Golden Knights. So, hey, maybe they'll get a day to play around a golf or two in the desert on Thursday. Once again, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you to my guest, Jason Strudwick. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jason underscore Strudwick. We'll talk to you Friday morning here on the Other Connor Podcast.